Welcome to the latest edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. This is April, what's the date? April 18th? I have no idea. It's April. It's April. It's a lovely, beautiful April. Oh, it's it? so beautiful. 22nd. April 22nd today. All right. Uh, fantastic day. We uh, we had a wonderful time yesterday. We went off to the big city. Uh, for those who may be listening in for the first time, Melissa and I live in a little uh, community called Gibsons on the Sunshine Coast outside of the city of Vancouver. We actually need to take a ferry ride to get to the big city. We do. Um, and we went over there and we were, uh, we didn't do much. We just went piddling around. It's just so exciting, though, going on the ferry on the bike. I just love that. Why? Just kind of you get on first and all the bikes, and everyone parks at the side there. and You feel special. You feel special. That's part of being <laughs> a biker, is it? lowercase b, uh, is that there's that community. And it's it's um, manifests itself in a whole bunch of different ways. That's certainly one of the ways where just – by the nature of the way BC ferries handles motorcycles, we're all put in the same area. We all get to go on first, first of all. Motorcycles can't make reservations on the ferries either, can they? Oh, I don't know. I don't think they can. So they don't make reservations on the ferries, uh, but they you get to go to the front of the line. So there'll be yeah. 400 cars waiting to get on the ferry, and you're like, right in front of them all. See you later. Hey, we're going first. <laughs> And we're the first people on the ferry, and then mm-hmm. we're the first people off the ferry. So, yes. it's, it's, yeah, you do feel special. And the good thing about it is everybody gets off their bikes, and everyone, you just sort of chitty chat. Sometimes, and for yeah. sure, you don't have your car to as the barrier. That's a good, a good point. It's and you have the, 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 the quote-unquote brotherhood of the motorcycle community to communicate to each other. Uh, we pulled up. We were the first bike there yesterday morning. And this uh, other biker uh, that we passed on the highway pulled up right behind us, and it was a smaller bike. And when the person got off, you realized it was a, it was a woman, uh-huh. um, a short woman, shorter. She's smaller, shorter than shorter me. Than I loved her. She was shorter than um, me. Although you, it's funny we describe you as short, but you're average height, five four. Five four is average height in North America. Oh, did you not know that? Oh, I don't feel like it. I'm shorter than everybody. You feel like you're shorter, but but it's actually average. Um, and then I realized after we talked to her for a while, she was, she was an older woman too. She's probably in her uh, mid early sixties. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. She, oh, I was just, she inspired yeah, me. Riding her bike all by herself. She let me sit on her bike. That's right. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we sat there and that's what you do. You, you, you chit chat to the motorcycle community. Um, which is why I want to, in May, there is a, uh, here in Vancouver and in the Fraser Valley, a, a ride for prostate cancer. Um, May 27th, I think it is. And it's, it's, these are really interesting kinds of rides. Some bikers don't like these rides, these big group rides, um, because they're slower because you're riding at a, at a controlled pace. Uh, some people just don't like riding in great big groups. But I kind of like these for the camaraderie of it, again, for the community of bikers. And it's for a good cause. It's uh, to fight, uh, to, the proceeds go to fight uh, prostate cancer. It's called Ride to Live here in Vancouver, <clears throat> and it's a poker run. And a poker run's kind of a fun thing to do. So what it is, is that everyone stages or meets in one place. In this case, it's a, the Trev Dealey, Har- Trev Dealey Harley dealership in, uh, in uh, Vern- Burnaby, Burnaby, Vancouver. And it's a really cool place. If only because, and I, everyone who knows me, hears me says the word cool and Harley and go, what's wrong with Sean? But Trev Dealey is a really cool place and Harley, the brand is really cool. The bikes are shit. 
compared to comparable other bikes. Uh, just objectively, that's true with horsepower and all that kind of stuff. But the brand of Harley, Harley does an amazing job, better than any other manufacturer, better than any other manufacturer combined. They really do. In the way they brand their stuff. Yep. And the Treb dealership, their women's section for women's clothing alone is bigger than any other dealership's mm -hmm. entire mm -hmm. clothing section. Beautiful jackets, t-shirts, yeah. pants, everything. everything. It's fantastic. Everything. And mm -hmm. and it gets silly at times. You can buy Harley broad. You can buy Harley uh, pool pool balls for your pool Anything. table. Anything. You can buy a Harley barbecue spit set. Harley just, clocks. Harley, yeah. It's yeah. silly after a point, but they make money on it. So the the first thing is we all meet up there, and then at ten o'clock the uh, the local one of the local military people I don't know what group it is fire off one a howitzer so they got just boom it's great really it's cool it's just big freaking howitzer in the middle of the street they close the street off they park this howitzer there they do the Canadian national anthem and then boom this thing goes off and then we're led out of the city by the Vancouver Police Department's motorcycle unit. So the cool part about these kind of rides is that they're often escorted by the police and the police go ahead and block off traffic. And so you're roaring because these are often, um, Harley folks roaring through town on your, on your bike with the, with the police escort. It's really kind of a cool mm -hmm. feeling. And depending on the ride, this one here in Vancouver, I think there's going to be between 500 and, and 600, uh, bikes. I've been on rides where there've been 17,000 bikes. I was on one for a, a charity ride in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was one on a ride for 9-11, um, uh, for the firefighters and police department of 9-11 uh, when I lived in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. And that was 27,000 motorcycles. And the police blocked off I-95, a major interstate, for miles and miles and miles. And it was really cool rolling through town like that. Mm. I did one in Nashville for the, the Honda. It's called the, the Honda Hoot. Uh, it's for folks who ride the big Honda Goldwings. And there was 35,000 of them mm. riding through downtown Nashville. So it's really, really fun and cool. Oh, yes. It can be dangerous. The, 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 sadly enough, on the 9-11 ride, every year at least one person dies and they have multiple accidents. Why? Because people aren't paying attention. You, you, in riding in large groups like that, you've really got to pay attention and, um, you can't do the things that you might do by when you're by yourself, change lanes, for example, because you have to stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't ride next to somebody because if something happens, he runs into you. So it's, they can be unsafe, but I've never had any incidents in the ones that I've, mm -hmm. I've been on, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. And that's part, like I said, it's part of the, the fun of motorcycle riding is that, is that camaraderie, that, that community you get. We get emails, uh, as we've said before. Uh, we'd love to get emails from you guys, but don't listen to us. We're we're we we don't, we don't know shit. We're not we're not relationship counselors. We're not, we we don't have any experience in it whatsoever. We've lived life, and that's it. But email to dltu at yml.me. We get our first anonymous email. Ooh. We can't say the person's name, which is kind of interesting. Okay. All right. Here's it's my story. Asking. Here's my story. Last year, the day after Christmas, my best friend forever, my companion, somebody I started to fall in love with, moved away from Colorado to Florida. I was only given three days notice this was happening. It was a real big shock. And she told me it was because of a job promotion. However, I found out later that it was actually because she was having some family drama. Uh, this kind of made me sad for her. 
two days later, I got a little sick, ended up in hospital. Um, it was really sad. My best friend wasn't around to comfort me and all that kind of stuff. So I got to start off the new year in the hospital. That was depressing. Uh, I was off work for two weeks because I couldn't get released to go back to work for my doctor. Uh, but during that time, I was concentrating on myself and getting myself better and healing so I can go back to work. So I didn't think a lot about my friend's situation and how sad I felt. That's good. It's typical. The it distraction is. of yes, other yes. things. Yeah, and suddenly you're back at life and he or she is gone. I w went back to work for two weeks. I was okay because I was concentrating on getting back in the swing of things. However, uh-oh. Once things settled down with work, I started thinking about my friend and her situation and how sad and heartbroken I am because she's not around. Um, and when she's not around, my life isn't as bright as it could be and as it was. I wrote her a letter and sent it with her during her move to tell her pretty much all these things and that I love her. I asked her if she had read the letter. She said she had, but she couldn't address it right now at the time. All I can accept that because she was busy getting moving in with her his sister and brother and all that kind of stuff. So things have been going pretty much okay for a while, but I really miss her. She did mention in about six months, I could come visit her in Florida. The date she gave me was in July. I'd love to do that. However, my heart is hurting because of the situation of us and not knowing how she feels about us and how she is dealing with it emotionally. Ugh. Mm. Okay. And again, don't, don't listen, listen to us. To us. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's off the hook for everything. Doesn't it, it really does. The title really of our does. podcast. Don't listen to us, but. There's a, a, a relationship person that you really like called Dear Sugar. Oh, yes. And how does she describe her counseling philosophy? Oh, she, uh, dear sugar, it's sort of radical empathy. Radical empathy. Okay. So what I think that means, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is it means being sensitive to other people's situation, but giving them cold, hard advice. Absolutely. My favorite line was from Dennis Miller's, no Dennis Miller, uh, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer was back in the I think mid nineties. And it was life's tough. Get a fucking helmet. Okay. Yeah, you got to do it. So, anonymous email. With that having been said, what would your advice be to him? My advice to him is you just have to ask her. If she's that dear and if she, you love her that much, you just say, listen, this is the situation. I love you. I miss you. My life is not as bright without you. I know you've got family drama and you. I won't be seeing you for a while, but can you let, let's have some dialogue. And with all FaceTime and Skyping and all that, surely you can have some honest dialogue about what you have shared with her about your feelings. I agree with that, but I will add a caveat. And my caveat would be, be fully prepared for her to say she doesn't feel the same way. Absolutely. Because if she did, either A, you already know it, or B, when you asked her that she read the letter, she would have said, yes, and I feel the same way, my darling. Not, oh, I really can't think about this right now. Well, I don't know what the drama was. True. He doesn't well, it doesn't describe. matter what the family drama is, well, but still, might. if you feel that way about somebody, mm. in that moment, that was your opportunity to say, I feel the same way. I'm going through a lot of shit right now, but I want to, I do want you to know I feel the same way. Right. Instead of, I can't deal with this right yeah, now. Yeah, but you, know you got to I mean? put your helmet on. and you got to put your helmet on. You but yeah, you, you, you definitely got to ask. The, 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 you do. The... the you, it's one of the issues we have in, I'm going to assume Western society, is that we, we are afraid of the people that we care about. In the sense, we're afraid to ask them questions because we're afraid of the answers. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you don't ask the question, but then you don't learn anything either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to ask the question fully expecting her to say, I love you as a friend. 
Mm-hmm. I want to be friends with you. I don't feel that way about you romantically. And for you to be fully accepting of that. If you love the person the way you say you do, you'll accept the answer as much as it's going to hurt. Yes. And trust me, brother, I've been there, done that. Yes. It will hurt a lot yes. to have the person you care about in that way tell you they don't care about you the same way. Yes. It's going to be the worst day of your life. So say that to her. Say it up front before you make any plans to go down to visit her. Know where you stand relationship-wise. Well, and you know, Anonymous, Mr. King and I didn't know each other for hardly at all. You've got to just take it. You've got to take it and run with it. Because we, we met. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old Anonymous is. you just got to go for it. Yep. you got to. you got to. you got to. In order to, and you and I have talked about this before uh, privately, and it's something I, I, I firmly believe, adult relationships require you to be vulnerable, to open your heart to the, this person, mm-hmm. to literally, not literally, sorry, figuratively give your heart to them and trust that they don't stomp on it. Uh, there's a, a great joke is, is that um, uh, being in a, a true adult relationship is is giving your beloved a heart-shaped, a loaded heart-shaped gun and hoping they don't shoot you with it. You know, you just got to trust that, that this person isn't going to hurt you. But people hurt each other. That's just the nature of human beings. It is. You can love someone to death and, they can, and, and you can still hurt them and they can still hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Sarah Tompkins. Hey, you, ignore my first email. I have a better question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss Sa- Sarah. Sarah says, a few months ago, my friend and I were walking to the mall. One of my wheels went off the sidewalk. Explain yes. what that means. Well, Sarah beautiful Sarah. Her power chair wasn't working, so probably was in attendant mode. Sarah is in a wheelchair. Sarah is in a, a power wheelchair. And so what happened was that it was... Okay. I just want to make clear that... Oh, you, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, one of my wheels went off the sidewalk and I'm just hanging. Mm-hmm. Not one person stops to help. No. After a few minutes... A fr- so... Okay. After a few minutes, a friend of a friend was walking and after he says hi to me, my friend asked if he could help. After a few pushes, I was back in the street again. At first, my friend and I wanted to write this in the kisses and kicks section of the news, newspaper because now my friend doesn't want, but now my friend doesn't want to because she doesn't want to because she feels embarrassed because she did that, but I still want to. What do I do? Oh, girl, you write that in the kisses and kiss kicks section. Exactly. Because you know what? And I said this to Sarah. I said, people need to know that you were upset and that you feel kicks go out to people who didn't offer any help yeah. and then kisses to the guy that finally did. And one of the issues, though, is that, um, yes, in general, especially in bigger cities, and we're not in a big city, we're in a small town. Mm. I was surprised that Sarah said people weren't, willing, weren't offering to help. Mm. Um, people don't want to get involved in general. No, they, yeah. But we're all, we've also been sort of taught that when it comes to folks who are um, disabled, they don't necessarily want your help. They and and so as able people, we're kind of cops in a rock in a hard place. We don't want to assume you can't do for yourself, mm-hmm. so we don't know if you need our help. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's the thing about you see a blind guy um, standing on the side of the street and um, waiting for, and, and the light turns green. And you take him by the, by the elbow and you lead him across the street. And he gets across the other side and goes, I didn't fucking want to go across the street. You know, you're mm-hmm, helping when mm-hmm. they don't want you to help. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe some people felt that way about Sarah. I don't know how tilted she was mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. And she obviously wasn't yelling for helping her. But the other thing is, if there was someone there with her, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have assumed that they needed help. I would have thought the friend was mm-hmm. there to help. Mm-hmm. So don't make assumptions that people didn't want to help. Mm. They just weren't sure how to approach it. They weren't it. Sure, sure how how to do it. Mm. And if you have a friend there who I'm going to assume wasn't strong enough to lift Sarah's chair up, it's no. a very, very large chair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the friend's responsibility is to be more forward yes, and say, excuse me, would you mind just for a second? Yeah. Would you mind? And I guarantee you any guy, certainly any guy that she would said that to would say, oh, sure. How can I help? Yeah. You know, yeah. Not a yeah, problem. Yeah. yeah. It no. wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. Sarah, this is your life. You live it the way you want to live it. If you want to send a kisses and kicks to the newspaper, doesn't matter what your friend thinks. She doesn't have to say any names. Exactly. Oh, just do it. I think it's a great uh, story for kisses and kicks. I agree. Oh, and then I also want to send a big shout out, big thanks to uh, my sweet, lovely, dear friend, uh, Sue. Sue uh, Thayer's, Soothsayer. Uh, she, we have our first review on the iTunes. <laughs> That's lovely. It is from Sue. A review. A review. She gave us five stars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> out of five. Out of five. <laughs> it says fun times. I was going to say fun facts, but there's really no relying on these two in a good way. <laughs> Sean and Melissa are awesome entertainment. All kinds of fun talking points. Loads of opinions. And lots of laughs. It's become a great pastime, and I may have to start taking notes to send in my rebuttals. That's wonderful. Thank uh, you, Sue. Thank you, Sue. Sue rebuttals is, would be fun. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, again, we don't, don't listen to us. We don't know mm. what the fuck we're talking about. Um, Sue is one of my oldest. I think is, I would say Sue and Glenn, uh, her her husband, are probably my oldest friends that I wow. still am in touch with. That's that I, so lovely. Um, How many years? They've been, I've known them, Christ now, for 30 years. And they've been married for 27. Wow. Which is just. Yay, you guys. Oh. As I've said a thousand times, <clears throat> um, I'm so proud of them for uh, being married for so long. And they're wonderful people. I, I, I like Sue more than Glenn, but that's understandable, you know. <laughs> what? Oh, nothing. Will you meet him? You'll agree with me. I guarantee I you. I don't say that. You're no, th- setting me up. I think it's true. I think you'll like Sue better than Glenn. Okay. Everyone does. Okay. I'm well, teasing. Sue looks lovely. Glenn looks like he has a lovely face. He's Big, hairy round, as happy a fucking face. gorilla. Oh, is he a hairy he's guy? He's so hairy. Oh, oh he, does he's Sue just, wax him? She loves his hairiness. Oh, I love it. She's, dem- she's demented. She's weird. No, I think that is sexy. It's I saw nice. Glenn with his shirt off once and almost threw up. <laughs> God. I'm kidding. No, I didn't. But he's one of those really, really hairy I guys. I have known really hairy guys. And, like, and they're just friends. For, hairy for guys. me, the issue is I'm just jealous. Because you want to be I got, hairy? I got seven chest hairs. Yeah, you're sort of a hairless I'm really, guy. <laughs> I'm like a fucking Mexican cat. You totally kidding. are. Like, there's nothing there, anyone. I mean, it's legs, awful. nothing. It's awful. <laughs> I don't have enough I testosterone. What, I don't problem. know what it is. That's the problem. But yeah, Glenn's got this gorgeous mass of chest hair, but it unfortunately also goes over his back and his shoulders. Yeah. That's the disgusting part. His <laughs> chest hair is what I'm, what I'm jealous about. There's not enough hairy men these days. <laughs> you like hairy men? Yes. Hairy chest is delicious. Fuck you. Oh, you like you like augmented breasts, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. All righty then. Okay. Same thing. I read something today that's one of those things that when you read it, 
you you sort of reset your brain. Mm-hmm. The last known human survivor of the 19th century died yesterday. Oh, wow! Isn't that kind of wild? Yeah. The last, last person born that we know of in 18. What do you mean, know of? Shut up. The last person we born born in the 1800s died yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of for me. It's it's kind of wild to think about that. Think about what that person went through. Even though they were, yeah, they were, so they were born in 1899. Mm-hmm. So they would have been 10 years old in 1909, so 1910. They would have been 20 years old at the end of World War One. Mm-hmm. And so they experienced, were aware of all those changes of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Cars. Mm-hmm. When this person was born... Cars weren't around. They'd been invented, but they certainly weren't popular. Mm -hmm. So this person would have seen the increase of cars, the telephone, TV, radio, all the kind of communication systems we have now, Um, travel. It's been said in the 18th century and and in the past, people didn't travel more than 20 miles away from where they lived. Mm -hmm. Mm Because that was about as far as you could walk in a day. Mm. It was very rare for the average person to ever go anywhere outside of that radius. You had to be fairly well off to be a traveler in those days or, you know, in the, in, in the Navy or that kind of stuff. But the average person didn't travel. And now we go around the world in flying tubes of death. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just sort of kind of wild. that uh, Interesting to ponder over. Oh, there has been more news about these uh, two black guys arrested in Starbucks. Mm, yeah. So it turns out they, in fact, were asked to leave. Sorry. turns out the, the, they were, they, what happened was they came into the store, they asked to use the bathroom, were told no because they weren't customers. I think we said this last week. The first thing you do is go buy a fucking coffee and then go pee. Okay? So they set, sat down. The manager or store employee came up to them and said, can we help you? That's code for we don't want you here. Okay? They know that. Every person knows that. Certainly every person of color knows that. If they come up to you and ask you, can we help you? That means go away. Or buy a fucking coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're there to meet a guy to have coffee over a business deal. Buy the coffee. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. That's when the manager called the police. The police come and the police asked them to leave. And they said no. That's why they were arrested. Okay. They weren't arrested because the manager wanted them to leave and said, arrest the, said to the police, arrest those two guys. It was because they refused an order from the police. And the police hate that. Yes. In every situation, the police hate that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you think you're right or wrong. The fact of the matter is, in every situation, even if these have been two white guys, mm-hmm. if the police ask you to leave and you say, no, we're not leaving, you are challenging the authority of the police. And the police hate that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how calm you are, doesn't matter how reasonable you are, it's the nature of the people who are police officers. 
that's their job is to maintain control is to, um, be the boss of a situation. That's what they're taught. That's what they're taught in police Academy control the situation. And when you say no, you're not going to do what the police officer says you've taken control away from them mm -hmm. and they deal with that in different ways. And one of the ways they deal with it is by getting belligerent and arresting your ass because you, because if the police have reasonable cause, you are not allowed to refuse their orders according to the law. Mm -hmm. So that's what these guys did. Mm -hmm. It was completely wrong. Don't get me wrong. I got in an argument with someone on Twitter about this. No, no, it was all wrong. It was all, all it fucked was. up. All of it. It was all fucked up. But it's not just as simple as what people are trying to make it seem is these two guys are just sitting there innocently and the police came in and pulled them out, arrested them. It wasn't that simple. It's a lot more complicated than that. And part of the problem is because the nature of who we are here in 2018, we don't want to listen anymore. We don't want to gather facts. We don't want to wait to make a decision. Everything is knee jerk, instant, hot takes. What do you think right now? And so now there's protests all through this week of this store. Why? Why are you protesting the store? Well, I told you it just, and many people will use it as a place, as their platform, a place to go and preach their cause. People are standing in the store with megaphones yelling at the employees, mm -hmm. yelling at near customers. Mm -hmm. The one of the chief opera, one of the vice presidents of Starbucks the day after was there, a black woman was there the day after. And they didn't send her because she was a black woman. They sent her because she was a VP of, of, of the area, just coincidental that she was a black woman. Hmm. And she got yelled down. No one wanted to listen to her. Hmm. In the store, mm -hmm. yelling at her. Mm -hmm. That's This isn't discourse, people. This is just yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. We're not listening to each other. We're not trying to find out the facts. Mm -hmm. Now, how Starbucks has handled this has been very interesting, too. We have since found out that that, that manager was fired. Yes, for unfortunate. Eh, possibly. Possibly. Maybe, you know, I don't know. And the company is now closing all 8,000 of its U.S. stores on March 29th in order to have sense, basically sensitivity training for the employees. Yeah. Which also cracks me up because they're not doing it anywhere else but America. No. <laughs> we just do this in America, you guys. Yeah, we, okay. we only have racists in America. We don't have them in Canada or Britain or Australia. See, I think that manager should have a chance to be there. For I that. agree. They obviously, you know, they were in this situation, yeah. so... Unless you, unless you interview the manager, and, and we don't know the, the facts of this, but unless you interview the manager and you get the sense right there the manager is, in fact, a racist. Yeah, then you fire them. I the manager says, I didn't want niggers in my store. Yeah, you off know, you go. Then you're, then you're gone. But I can't imagine that the manager would have done anything like that. No. So at least let the manager, uh, again, like we said last week, transfer to a different store, maybe demote them to assistant manager, I don't know. Um, but at least let them have the, the training. Your thoughts about that whole story, if you, if you like, send us emails to DLTU. I'm going to be uh, very curious to see what uh, folks um, say. I, like I said, I, I have been um, interested to see how the CEO of Starbucks, uh, he stood up and said, I'm accountable. This is my mm -hmm. fault. Mm -hmm. But why? I don't get that. Because he, he... I mean, good for him. But well, it's either... It's, it's a problem nowadays. It's so easy to be cynical. We can say it's because that's what the PR people told him to do. That's what you do nowadays, stand he's up. He's not and, responsible, though. Well, he's taking on the responsibility, though. He's saying, I'm the CEO of the company. I'm responsible for my employees. Yeah. That is a remarkable 
thing to say in the this age of Donald Trump, who blames everyone else but himself. Yeah. So uh, good on him for saying that. Whether you know whether it was cynical or not, I think it's a, a good thing to um, for him to stand up and say this is this is I'm going to I'm going to take responsibility. Well, for good this. for him, for, but it's not his fault. It's just a, he's going to do something about it, which is good. We mentioned this earlier. Are you happy with your height? Oh. Do you wish you were taller or shorter? No, very often I've wished I was taller. You wish you were taller. Does does being five foot four ever make you sad? Oh no, it's n- no. Frustrated, I can't reach something. Angry. No. So the question is: Are you? Are there emotions associated with your height? No. See, for me, it's happiness. I'm very right. happy. I actually wish I was taller. Oh, what, what? You have emotion attached to your yeah. height. I'm very happy to be six foot three. Oh, right. I've never yes. been sad to be six foot three. Oh no, you're a, you're a beautiful height for a man. You're not. It's great. Not too tall. Perfect height. Are you happy with your height? Rationally, you should be because there's literally nothing you can do. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's pointless to fret over things that are already control. But humans aren't always rational, and plenty of people wish they were a few inches taller, or less frequently, a few inches shorter. If you're one of those people, you're not alone. Um. There's a, uh, a graph from D- uh, that focused on women's satisfaction with their height, but survey members of both sexes. The author found were surprised to find that women's satisfaction peaked between 5'8 and 5'10. Even very tall women, those above six feet, were happier with their height than those who were 5'4 or below. Hmm. Even though 5'4 is the average height for American women. Meanwhile, men's satisfaction peaked at 6'3. Oh. And tall men were happier with their height than anyone else surveyed, male or female. A full 94% of six foot three men said they were happy with their height. Above six foot three, men's satisfaction slowly dipped, possibly due to the associated, uh, the annoyances associated with being very tall. Yes. But men six foot 11 and taller bucked the trend. Why? Because the taller you are, the more chance you have of being in the NBA. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought about that before. I mean, there are challenges for everyone for, for their height, but. I think, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, I think more so the taller you are, the more challenges. Oh, yes, if you're beyond six foot, like if you're really tall, like that man on the ferry yesterday nearly hit the ceiling yeah, on the yeah. ferry. Well, I think for women, I think once you get above 5'10", because of clothing, you've nothing else. Okay. For men, 6'2", and afterwards, because of um, chairs and seam positions and doorways and, and also clothes. My biggest frustration is I'm generally too big for, air quotes, average clothes, but too small for big and tall shops. Oh. Big and tall shops, generally the clothes started about 6'4 or 6'5. Oh. Or guys who are 300 pounds and bigger. Yeah. So you're at the very end of I'm at the, the bottom end. usual clothing. Yeah. Uh, oh. Of big and okay. tall. I'm getting smaller. I could go to the kids section now. <laughs> I could. I've looked at kids in the gir- things in the girls section. <laughs> you see, but the problem is the girls section is, is, isn't isn't pretty stuff. I mean, some of it is. Really? I don't know. I don't. Hmm, interesting. I wished I was taller a lot when I was younger. Now I'm much more satisfied. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be taller now. Yeah. Oh, I definitely okay. wanted to be t- taller in high school. Right. Because that was my path to basketball. Immortality right. was to be taller. I see. Hmm. Have you ever wanted to break a world record? Not, not particularly. Well, there's no world record that you think you'd like to break. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, 
I was involved in a world record attempt of the largest number of people sitting on each other's laps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're on the bottom or somewhere in the book. Well, no, what it is, is you get the, and you can do it with any group of people, like six people. So they yeah. say you have six friends. Okay. You all stand in a circle. Yeah. Right, shoulder to shoulder. Right. Everyone turns to the right. So yeah. everyone's looking at the back of someone in front of them. Yeah. In a circle. Yeah. And you take one step to the center of the circle. So one step to the left. Uh-huh. That tightens the circle up. Uh-huh. Then you sit down. And then so everyone's on each other's Everyone's lap. sitting on someone else's What's lap. What's the record? The record is like 2,000 people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's crazy. When I was a kid, I loved reading, and this is part of why I'm such a trivia idiot. Uh, I loved reading the Guinness World Book of Records. I'd read that oh, book. Oh yeah, me too I as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the records were just stupid, mm-hmm. but some of them were like, how would you do that? Yeah. The record for most pogo jumping. Yes, know, that, yes, that, that yes. Kind of stuff. Um, and those are the kind of records I thought I could I could do when I was a kid. Mm. And you go up with a pogo stick and you practice it. And after like 10 minutes, you go, holy shit, this is hard. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. How do you do this for 12 hours? You know? <laughs> or, you know, I could do, I could do a thousand sit-ups. Three, three. <laughs> Fuck that. You know? No, you realize the dedication, as silly yeah. as some of them some are. Of them, yeah. mm-hmm. Never any interest in eating records. I think eating records, I think, I think Guinness has banned most eating records Yeah, now. I don't like those. But the whole hot dog eating thing? No, I've never done that. I remember in Life magazine, the best of life photographs, they had one, um, how many people you could fit into a phone booth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Drake Hardy, a 40-year-old bisexual man with a master's degree in physical sciences, is trying to break the world record for the longest period of time spent masturbating. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but after a while, it gets a little, I'm sort of, I'm done. Okay. You won't find the mark in the Guinness World Book of Records, but it is recognized by the Center for Sex and Culture in San Francisco. It's part of its annual Masturbate-a-thon fundraiser. <laughs> An event that dates back, dates back to the 1990s and aims to destigmatize self-pleasure. <laughs> trying to read this in a proper way. The record right now... 10 hours, 10 minutes. 10 <laughs> hours! This, whoa! Isn't there some chapping going on? Or I can't imagine doing oh. anything for 10 hours. No, I'm jerking no, 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 off. I mean... <laughs> That's just so bizarre. Such focus and self-indulgence. Hmm. It's just so... There's... there's um. I yeah, mean, he, after a while, it would actually hurt. It would be enough already. He, he uses uh, sl- sex toys, sleeves, mm-hmm. prostate simulation okay. uh, to give his hands and penis a break. Uh, it's worked to go beyond six hours, but I strive to keep it pleasurable. Oh, oh I'm exhausted just thinking about it. People must bring him food and water. and It's just a weird thing to want to do. <laughs> it's just so it's just weird. It's strange. You know, well, it's just, the I'm, world is made up by many different kinds of people. Uh, this is true. This okay. is true. Uh, I think we've talked about this one before. Uh, the best travel destinations. Oh, yes. So. We did. Would these, is this an old one? Have we talked about this? Well, I remember we were surprised by some of them. I think it wasn't Toronto one of them and you were so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I always shock anything that Toronto. <laughs> that promotes Toronto. Um, according to TripAdvisor's 2018 Traveler's Choice Report, these are the top 10 destinations in the world right now. Tell me if you'd go to these places. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do them in reverse order. Number 10, a place you've never been, New York City. 
Oh, yes, I would. Well, right now, I'd rather, maybe after this administration is gone, I don't really want to go to America. I'm sorry, American people. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but something like last summer, uh, there was, I want to say, 20% fewer tourists in America. Uh, cost the American cost the American economy like four hundred billion dollars. Wow! Because that many fewer tourists. Because I feel the same way. I have no interest. I don't in want to go there. I just don't. I do. I want to go to New York City, yeah. but not right now. No, not right now. Uh, Istanbul. Yes, I'd like to. I've go always wanted to go to Istanbul very much. I'd love to go to I, I love, Turkey. I, yeah, I'd do lots of Turkey. Yeah. I, I, I love the pictures I've seen of Istanbul and the fascinating culture that is a city that is both half, it's half Muslim and half Christian. Yeah. Oh. And, and all the mosques on one side and all the, and the history of it. I'm a big history fan. Mm. And Istanbul has been in the center of world history for, for a millennia. So I'd love to go to Turkey. Marrakesh. Oh, I've never thought of Marrakesh. It sounds interesting. Like I've seen pictures of it. I haven't, don't have any thoughts one way or the other. As a photographer, I've always wanted to go to Marrakesh. Yes. Because Marrakesh is a beautiful the photographic area. The and colors and the market yeah. and all that kind of mm. stuff. And I've always wanted to go to Casablanca because it's my favorite movie. So. Mm. Prague. It hasn't been on my bucket list, no. It's not on mine, but I've heard it's beautiful. I'm sure I've heard it is. Prague and Budapest. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by Budapest because did you know Budapest is two different cities? Buda and Pest? I think you've told me I about that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. We, we call it Budapest, but two separate cities. Uh. Uh, Sly, my friend Sly's uh, mom is from, mom and dad are from Hungary, although I don't think they're from Budapest. Um, and so I've always had a, just an interest. And it's also, the pictures I've seen is a very beautiful city too. Mm, Arch- sure. Architecturally. Barcelona. I would love to go to Spain really? in general. In general? Yes. I've never had any interest in Spain. Mm. Portugal, I've always been interested in, and Italy, which are the two you know, similar type countries. But no, Spain has never held any. I've always wanted to go to see the uh, uh, the church, uh, Sagrada Familia. I think I'm saying that wrong. The, the church by Gaudi that's still being built 500 years later. It's a gorgeous oh, yes, building. Yes. I think that's in, was that in Barcelona or Madrid? I think it's in Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. But I guess saying that, I don't really want to go to Barcelona, but I'd like to go to Spain. So not Barcelona. Crete, Greece. Mm, not particularly. Me neither. No. I've never had any, because to me, as much as I love history, Crete always has, I perceive it as too touristy. Yeah, I don't want to go to Crete. You know, not not historical. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go to Greece that much, actually. I'd rather in, in go general? to Portugal yeah. than to Greece. Okay. Uh, Bali, Indonesia. Not particularly. Yeah, me no, no, no. I've heard. I've it's, heard it's nice. Yeah, but I've heard it can be quite dangerous now. It's gotten so touristy and so. Mm. Cra- yeah, no, I don't want to go to Bali. Uh, no. Rome, Italy. Yes, I'd love yes, to go absolutely. to Rome. Oh, Although I was so disappointed in how um, Rome presented itself to tourists. Uh, it's funny that I feel this way. That Rome is a lot of graffiti in Rome. There. Yeah, a disturbing amount of graffiti on important buildings, or what I perceive to be important buildings. And it was very funny. I felt so offended. I was like, you fuckers, what are you graffitiing that 2,000-year-old building for, you know? I'm surprised they don't have a budget to get rid of that no. real toot suite before it. London. I've lived there. I wouldn't rush back. I love no, it. No. I love London. But if I, 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 this is if you could go anywhere yes. you want. And oh yeah, I'd always go back to London. 
I love there London. are a lot of other places I'd rather go to, even in the United Kingdom, than London again. I've been yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed been there. It. I lived there. I did it already. Yeah, I, I wouldn't spend my, a whole lot of my travel money in, in London. No. Paris, France, number one. I would want to go to Paris just to experience Paris. It's I'm, never been one that I've gone, oh, my God, I had to go to Paris. No. But I would go to Paris. Yes. I think going to Paris more so than any city I've been in depends on who you go with. Of course. Well, because of course. I went with Jay. And now Jay's a good-looking guy, but, you know, he ain't romantic. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're there. Paris with- feels like a city of romance. Like you want to be there with someone romantic. Hmm. When you're just there with a friend of yours, eh, yeah. not the big a deal. So your, your recommendation is to go to Paris with someone that you want to be romantic yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I really felt that way. Interesting. Hanging out in Paris was, because I've been to other places without a romantic partner, mm-hmm. just friends and convention type stuff, mm-hmm. New York and San Francisco and all kinds of other places. And still enjoyed those, but I didn't enjoy Paris as much as I thought I would. And I realized it later. It was because it's a very romantic city, and I wasn't there with someone romantic. Jay wasn't interested. He was like, <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> I, I grabbed his ass on many an occasion. <laughs> uh, here's the top 10 destinations on the rise. Uh, Casablanca. We talked about that. Um, uh, Croatia, Latvia, and Riga, Latvia, I've heard is a very, very pretty, pretty, yes. really wonderful people. Croatia is supposed to be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. That's a place I'd like to go do a motorcycle trip in. Yes. Um, Costa Rica. I've heard Costa Rica is beautiful and wonderful and, and, and uh, friendly, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, Gdansk, Poland? No. No. Zero interest in, no offense to anyone who's Polish. No, no, no. No, no just interest don't, in Trump. never thought of it. Number four, my hometown, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Is that right? Well, I'd love to go to Nova Scotia. Yes. I've always wanted to. Nairobi. No, no, not really. No, no not for me. I'm sure it's gorgeous and all that, but no. Uh, Kapow, Hawaii. No, thanks. I've got no interest in Hawaii I don't whatsoever. Want to go to Hawaii. I'm Australian. What do I want to go to Hawaii for? <laughs> Let's go a little further, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Whatever they got, you got more of. More of and better. <laughs> and better? Yeah. Well, except volcanoes. Wow. That's the only thing I'd, I'd want to go to Hawaii for. I want to go into a volcano. Yeah. Never cared about volcanoes. We're going to pick on Americans here. <clears throat> okay. Because it's easy. It's so hard to it, do. It's, no, it's really, really easy. <laughs> if only because of this this particular story, which is terribly disturbing. Um, only two-thirds of American millennials believe that the earth is round. That can't be true. One-third of millennials believe the earth is flat. D- uh, uh, uh. Seriously. At first actually... he thought this was an April Fool's joke, but it was reported by CBS News. CBS reported, reported a sample size of 8,000 Americans. Um, the question was, do you believe that the world is round or flat? 84% say, I have always believed the world is round. 84%, which means that 16% don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say to that. I just, Okay. Come on, people. <laughs> okay. It, it's, it's one of those things that, you, how, how, do, how do you even ask the question? I, it, would, it would never cross my mind to think, let's ask this question to people because there's no, because my brain would go, well, yeah, no one believes that. 
only crazy old people believe that. How do they? How would they prove that that belief? As Bill Nye, the science guy, says, if you believe the Earth is flat, go to the edge and take a fucking picture. All right, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. If you think the Earth is flat, mm. it means it has an edge, right? It would have to if it's flat. Mm. Go to the edge and take a fucking picture. They mustn't be well-traveled people. They must be people that are very, you know, stupid. Sta- yeah, say it, stupid. <laughs> okay, they're stupid people. There's only one way to describe it: is stupid. Mm. They mustn't crack a book or look at it. They mustn't. Okay, they went through school. These people, hmm? apparently. Um. <laughs> Speaking of stupid, Minnesota school bus driver removed after leading prayer. You imagine you're on the school bus and the bus driver suddenly says, okay, boys and girls, I'm going to lead you in prayer. Hmm. That's probably. The only prayer I know, I think I know most the Lord's prayer, but the only prayer I remember as a kid, I'm six, seven years old. And I don't, it was the bedtime prayer that you'd say. And I still to this day remember the line, if I should die before I wake. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's sort of frightening. I'm six. Yeah. There's a chance I'll be dead. I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. I'm not going to did sleep. Did that really put you into angst? It really did. I was a kid. I remember being just terrified and asked my I mother about that. I should die before I wake. Well, mom, mom. <laughs> I'm like, it's not going to happen. So why am I praying <laughs> to God about it? <laughs> you're a little concrete thinker, you. Yeah, really. really. <laughs> and at the age of eight or nine, when I heard the pastor in our church going, Jesus died for your sins. I'm like, I'm fucking nine. What do you mean sins? I don't have any sins. Yeah. Certainly none of them were dying. Okay, so my sins, I hit my little sister. That's not worth dying over, dude. No, the sins that you're going to commit. <laughs> That's right. A Minneapolis area church pastor who also drives a school bus says his right to free speech uh-huh. and to practice his religion were violated. Oh, no, no, no. But he was no, taken no. off his route for leading students in prayer. No. What about their right to not listen to your fucking free speech? I would be livid as a parent if, oh, if yeah. somebody did that. Even uh, if I'm the same religion as this guy, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You, you don't, don't preach at my, my children. kid in prayer on the way to school. No. Okay, well, I agree with that one. Did he lose his job or did, did they... Make him clean toilets or something. The line, it always reminds me of of, of the line, your religion is like your penis. It's great that you have one, but don't show it to my kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) Uh, Quality care transformation moved him from his route last week. Um, It's not the first time he's faced consequences for leading prayer. He was fired from a driving, he was fired from driving children to school in Burnsville, Minnesota, four years ago for the same reason. Oh, Pious individual. He started incorporating prayer into the bus ride this winter. The students would volunteer to lead the prayer. Bullshit. Nathan Nathaniel said children need more prayer in their lives, and he's determined to bring prayer back to public school. Fuck off. Oh. Fuck he off. He needs to do something where he doesn't have a vulnerable crowd in front of him, this guy. Because he'll just pray. If he's got a crowd, he'll get them to, he'll lead them in prayer. What if the kids are Jewish? <laughs> 
get off at the next stop. Muslim. I know. know. Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. Atheist. Yeah. You don't fucking know. That's why we don't have prayer in school, you asshole. It's not his job anyway. It's not your job. Yes, you're a pastor, but in this job, you're a bus driver. They didn't hire you to be a pastor. Take your pastor hat off. That's right. Go put your pastor hat on in the church. Where where people come to listen to you lead them in prayer. Voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, wow. just the, the pomposity, that thing. And this is the problem. I, I saw this in the States. That spider, by the way, is going to drive me fucking nuts. We've been both sitting spider. here staring at the spider. It's just a jumping spider. Jumping spider. He's jumping a... spider. Oh, my God. Jumping spider. It's all right, Sean. It's okay. So you're saying he could jump on me. But he doesn't bite. They're beautiful. Where is he going? I don't fucking know, but you got to get rid of him because right he's there. in the I'll bedroom. There's a fly, too, in the house. Now, he'll get the fly. The fly's more annoying in the middle of the night than the jumping spider. I saw this so many times in America, this this arrogance, especially from religious people, that their religion is the one pure religion. And that's fine to think that way. But to inflict it on others, mm. to unbidden to preach at you, not to you, because I didn't ask you to do it, mm-hmm. to preach at you mm-hmm. about their version of religion. Mm-hmm. And the complete inability to understand that there are different religions for a reason, because you're all interpreting the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're Pentecostal, and he's Lutheran, and they're Episcopalian, and they're Catholic. Are you saying they're all wrong? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're wrong, dumbass. Mm. I do have a... An admiration and a almost a, a revere people that are have faith. It's a beautiful thing. And the the well, first the first time that I was exposed to it very closely, in a way that was pure, I I looked at this woman who was just very openly sharing her faith with me. She wasn't trying to preach to me or no. we were having a glass of wine. And I realized how she was glowing because she had so much faith. I love that. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't trying to make me believe what she was believing and what she had faith in. So I do, I think it's a beautiful thing if people aren't being aggressive about it. Yeah, I think that's that's the problem, though, is, is so many people... Um, they insist on others believing what they believe. Yes, and, 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 that, and that becomes a big, big problem is, is when they are trying to... Um, convince you of that thing um i find that very odd because how would it make their lives better or increase their faith if they inflicted upon someone else are they trying to get someone else to go oh you're right i I should believe in those things and i'll I'll pray with you it's very strange part of the part of the issue is that in the church the um sorry in the bible it says that you're supposed to go out and witness, that, oh. that you're supposed to go out and proselytize and convince others. Oh, The I other is, that. is if you are a true believer, you want others to go to heaven with you. You don't want, you don't, I don't want you to go to hell. So if you believe that if I can convince you of this particular argument, mm. then you won't go to hell and I'll be happy because you're oh. not going to hell. Okay, well, perhaps they have good good intentions. I think they start with good intentions, but the religious aspect of them 
blinds them to all the other things. The person doesn't want to be saved, Mm -hmm. doesn't believe what you believe. And it's okay if someone doesn't believe what you believe. Yeah. I got to apologize to Sarah. I've lost her. I lost her email. She, she sent me an email. Yeah. And I've, I've lost it because she had some other things that she wanted me to, um, Oh no. I know. Say there's something else that you search the trash. Oh, there is. Phew, I found it. Okay, um, Sarah. Uh, I think Melissa's nickname is Green Eyes Sweetheart. Oh, you are. She is so sweet. P.S. If, if she ever gets pregnant, she should videotape the birth and keep sending it to Sean to annoy him. <laughs> if she gets pregnant, it'll, it'll it'll be it'll be an immaculate conception. All right, because we'll make a lot of money out of that. True, pregnancy. exactly. I'll be exactly. in all the magazines and on all the talk shows. <laughs> That's right. And then I'll kill myself. This is an interesting problem. This is from uh, one of the advice columnists. My family's relocating and selling our home. Today, the realtor held an open house. I learned that many of the attendees were our neighbors. People with no intention of moving who don't even know people in the market. I feel violated by this gross invasion of privacy. Well, you've never had your neighbors over, obviously. (laughs) Snooping through my children's rooms and poking through my closets. That's funny. One had the nerve to ask the contractor who renovated my master bathroom. <laughs> I'm furious. Am I wrong to feel this? Way? <laughs> oh my gosh! I have no, I've never. I've never owned a home. I've never tried to sell a home. I've never tried to buy a home. So I don't know anything about the situation. But the fact that your neighbors would come over, oh it just cracks me up. Well, I bet you there, maybe if it's one of those suburbs where all the houses are the same, but you're dying to know what those people have done inside of their house. Let's go check theirs out. How much are they selling it for? Maybe we could sell ours too, you know? But doesn't that, that also comparing? mean that your neighbors, you don't know They've your neighbors? they never come into your house. They never come into your house. Oh, my God. That's but she just, knew they were her neighbors, which is good. I know <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> your neighbors won't really eat your cookies because apparently they put out cookies for 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 home buyers, right? That's just hilarious. I just to think me. it's funny that she feels violated. Yeah, that's the other thing too. <laughs> but she feels violated by her neighbors. Yes, that's what I mean. She because feels violated. Complete strangers are coming in, you know, from, well, but, from yes, the outside but of they, town. They might buy your house, though. It doesn't matter about those people. So you're saying your, the neighbors have no intention by now? <laughs> no, of course they don't. <laughs> just being nosy. <laughs> Some people follow around open houses just because. That is Let's just Let's go to hilarious. this open house just because we have no intention of buying. Why would you go? I don't know. Just for something to do. Go check it out. Get some food. Have a glass of wine. So they serve food at open houses? Well, sometimes they might have snackies out, maybe, don't they? I don't, I've never I, been. I, 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 you know, I've never sold like a high-end house. I don't know what they do. No clue. No, I have. No, no, no. I've lived in a house that was getting sold a few years ago, and the open house, the realtor bought food for people. I had no idea that happened. So, you know, homeless people come in. <laughs> but the, so, so the solution is obvious. Just sit outside your front door. And if you see your neighbors, tell them they can't come in. <laughs> you can't. Well, I suppose you could. You could go, you know what? You have no intention of buying my house. Fuck off. But the best the best thing to do is just go, go to the pub. Oh, like, don't, it, don't, don't concern yourself. With oh, this. I would never stay if I was having an, I would leave. I would just, not want to be there when people traipse oh, through God, my house. Oh, no. God, no. No, 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 no. I, w- I wouldn't want that either. That's funny. <laughs> <clears throat> 
<laughs> Years ago, I lent my friend an expensive handbag. What's the most expensive handbag you've ever owned? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I look at them in movies and stuff, but I don't, I've never had an expensive handbag. You ever had handbag. a coach bag, a Louis Vuitton bag, oh my Gucci God. bag? No. No? No. So let me read that sentence again with the end part. Years ago, I lent my friend an expensive handbag. It cost more than a car. Well, okay. So from now on, I have no empathy for whoever. Exactly. That's right. Whatever happens after Whatever, this, lady. Right. I don't care. The rest of the story, I fucking hate you yeah, no matter I'm completely what. completely detached. From My child has cancer. I don't care. No. I, anything no. you say, I'm going to fucking hate you. Yeah. So. The idea that you could possibly buy a handbag that costs more than a car, even a cheap car. It disgusts me. Utterly. And the very fact that even if you could, that you would go and do that, when I know dozens and dozens, hundreds of families that are in such dire need of a tiny bit of money, give us us a thousand bucks and we'll buy them something they really, really need. That's disgusting. So let's just say it's a $10,000 handbag. Fine. I lent my friend an expensive handbag. We agreed I would ask for it back when I wanted it. Two years later, I asked for it back. She told me her sister borrowed it and lost it. I was extremely annoyed, but let it go. Later, I ran into the sister. When I asked how she lost the bag, she said she had no idea what I was talking about. Since then, I saw my friend wearing the bag at an event. She lied to me. I asked for the bag immediately and have reiterated the request several times since then, but she always puts me off. What should I do? Go fuck yourself with what I you should do. I give a shit. Exactly. I, I could care. give a rat's ass. Is she serious? She's serious. No, sorry, I don't care. What First I mean? of all, you've got bad friends. Awful. Because they lie to you about this stuff. Secondly, you, you tell your friend you're going to pay me for this. Thirdly, take her to small claims court. Oh, if the bag is worth that much money, you can go to court for this. Mm. But overall, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Go buy another one. I hate you and everything you stand for. Yeah. Unbelievable that you would. Do, oh God! Go really, buy another one between your Botox and your liposuction <laughs> appointments and your nails and your whatever else that you do to occupy yourself. For the New York Times uh, advice columnist, I'm so mad I could spit. Last mm. weekend at an Easter egg hunt, a six-year-old boy told our four-year-old daughter there was no Easter bunny. She was devastated. I think the boy's parents could and should have prevented this. Your thoughts? Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> oh, my thoughts are, is that, you know, there was a, gr- a huge, great, big, incredible list of things written um, by a friend on my Facebook the other day about what it is to be a parent these days. It's, and it just went on and on and on and on and on. You know what? She'll suck it up. She'll be fine. You want to p- surround her with cotton wool? For the- She'll be fine. He's four and he's handling it. He's going. He's probably just shoving the chocolate in his mouth. He gives a shit. Oh, my God. She'll get over it. How did they expect their six-year-old boy? How did this woman expect the parent of the six-year-old to stop the six-year-old from saying to other kids there's no Easter You money? can't. You can't. It's going to happen. It's like, happen. oh, no, her little heart is broken. It's like, oh, serious, she'll be fine. <laughs> exactly, she's going to be fine, okay? Yeah, yeah. Not, maybe not this weekend, This this in this moment. 
And maybe next Easter she'll be a little upset. Maybe. But guess what? Overall, we all got over it. Yeah, we're all good. It happened to every single one of us. At At some point in our lives, we were told there was no Easter bunny. Yes. Do we remember that moment? I don't. Absolutely not. I have no idea what happened at that. Do you tell her, hey, little, little one, if you want to believe in magic and magical creatures, that's your choice. And that little boy doesn't. I have the perfect way to deal with this. It works best for Santa, but this is the way I deal with this stuff. Whenever I hear a kid saying to another kid, there's no such thing as Santa Claus, I step up as the adult and say, well, there is such a thing as Santa Claus. And the eight-year-old, nine-year-old, because they're very smart, Mm. no, there's not. No, there's not. Yes, there is. I believe in Santa Claus. And they're like, why does an adult believe in Santa Claus? And I tell them, Santa Claus, the the guy that we see, represents the spirit of Christmas. He represents goodness and beauty and fun and presence and happiness and joy and ham ham for dinner and the Christmas tree and the presents and your family. He represents all of that stuff. So, And I, I honestly believe this. So to me, Santa Claus is real because he's the embodiment of all those wonderful things mm-hmm. about Christmas. And that's why I believe in Santa Claus. Whenever I see Santa Claus, that's what he that's what I think about. I think about the beauty of Christmas. Not it's the, the symbolism not of it. Not the commercialism of it, not the <clears throat> not the, 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 the grasping what they buy me kind of thoughts of it. Mm-hmm. It's all those good thoughts that I didn't and to be perfectly honest, I had very, very rarely when I was a kid. Maybe one of every five Christmases from the time I can remember Christmas until the time I left home was even a halfway decent Christmas without drunken parents and fighting and things being thrown and Christmas trees knocked over and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I still believe in the spirit of Christmas mm-hmm. and I wish I could get that spirit in many ways. So yeah, whenever, so maybe you can do the same thing with the, with the Easter bunny. Yeah. The Easter bunny represents, represents the Sunday morning chocolate. and go hunting around the garden yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's magic. Anyway, it's about being magical in your thoughts. Our last uh, email, and this may be very much the same as a previous one. I'm a 36-year-old guy. For the last 10 years, my mom has invited me to Passover Seder. I never go. Religion is not my thing. But this year, she didn't invite me. We had a good talk the day before the dinner, so I don't think she's upset. But I heard from a cousin that the Seder went on as usual. I can't help feeling insulted. What should I do? (laughs) Jeez. Are you fucking kidding he me? He didn't go. Like, his mom good for her? She finally thought, I'm not going to trouble him anymore. Poor love. You 36-year-old asshole. <laughs> Your mother has been asking you for 10 years. And now you're all upset because she didn't? And now you're butthurt. Because <laughs> you didn't have the opportunity to say no, mom, because that's what it is. He wants his mom to, he still wants mom to ask him. But he wants to be able to say no to mom because that's controlling mom. Oh. He's exerting that little bit of control over his mother. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, that's just awful. Let it go. And the thing that you would write to an advice columnist about this? No, well, that's what I mean. You're a giant asshole. Well, I can't believe that lady with the handbag actually wrote to an advice (laughs) columnist about that. Some of the times when when I read this stuff, I think, why are you asking a fucking advice columnist? I know. At least in Dear Sugar, some of this stuff is like really incredibly now, see, I don't know I don't, I don't know I never heard of uh, Dear Sugar un, un, until I met you so you need to dig up some of her stuff and, I will and, and let me I know. will I will we oh, should yeah. have a whole show of you doing Dear Sugars oh she's well they have their podcast I've been listening care. to their podcast now it's, it's not our podcast we're, we're, they're not going to invite us on theirs oh n- so we have to no. invite them on ours 
in you know metaphorical. Okay, way. for next show, I will go through my book. I'm sure a lot of, especially women that may be listening to us, have read Dear Sugar. Um, I'll find one and we'll we'll go over it. All right. I have cried so much reading her advice. Well, that sucks. We don't want that. Oh no, it's liberating crying. It's like oh, oh she's that, got it. that she's whole, hit it right on the head. It's that whole happy girl cry. Guys oh, don't understand that shit. Sake, no. And I'm a pretty sensitive guy. Even I don't understand the happy girl cry. Well, I haven't cried in front of you. So yes, you, you have. I've made you cry. Not when I. Yes, you have. Not when I've been reading Dear Sugar. Oh, though. I see. Okay. Well, I can make you cry right now. No, you can make me cry, all right. <laughs> on that happy note. How about teary green eyes, There we Sarah? go. There we go. Let's, let's, let's move on. Um, it's Sunday afternoon here. It's a beautiful day. We're going to go gardening. We're gonna actually gonna going to go, actually go outside. Going outside. Putting my grungies on. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Please send us a, or please review the show on the iTunes Thank store. Thank you, Sue.